0: everybody, this is Bill Bodkin, editor chief of ThePopBreak.com. Welcome to the 26th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. Yes, 26 weeks of this, and we're so happy all, none of you listened to our retrospective podcast on the failed Fox teen drama sci-fi supernatural series, Point Pleasant. One of Al and I's favorite episodes. If you didn't listen to it, we don't blame you because it's so niche but at the same time it's something we needed for our souls so thank you for allowing that for episode 25 but for episode 26 of course i'm joined as always by the reluctant managing editor and my reluctant friend uh al manorino how you doing al cool. we we were watching the giants game before that was fun yeah uh hi bill and uh hi audience uh Thank you
1: for tuning in to the 26th episode. Uh, yeah, I I highly recommend, even if you would never watched the pilot of Point Pleasant, which you shouldn't because it's horrible. So but bad. at the same time, you really should mm. because it's almost like that. it's so bad, it's good. Uh, I, I, I Just listen to the episode because it's, it's Bill and I slowly going insane uh, talking about a show that should never have happened. Uh, but yeah, especially I'm if you're from Giants New Jersey. Aren't. Giants aren't. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're from New Jersey because, I mean— it's not. It's, it's supposed to be in Jersey. It's not in New Jersey, and that's basically the whole episode.
0: Yeah, and the Giants were back in midseason form. Before we started this podcast, we were all hoping for another touchdown, but interception in the end zone. Midseason form. We're back to another long fall, but we are go, not. We go are, blue, go big blue, and also a big. Uh, we're, we're excited for this episode because we're bringing back someone we love dearly for our for the third time. In our 26 week run she is the social media editor of the site and just an all around and her hair is luxurious by the way luxurious Rapunzel suck it because Alicia Weinberger's in the house and her hair is on point tonight not that you can see it on an audio podcast but because <laughs> Alicia fainted from uh from uh from my compliments
2: <laughs> oh wait sorry was this oh anyway hello everybody.
0: <laughs> that, no that was perfect. that's perfect i wasn't perfect. sure what the
2: etiquette was i was just like oh wait is this i felt like um like an old-timey movie when they like announce like the the, the madam of the house when she comes down the stairs like her majesty like were you still going on with the titles i wasn't sure what was the etiquette was but thank you and yes it is i alicia childless millennial my hair is incredible I survived a weekend in the woods, Weinberger.
1: <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so... I, have a, I have a quick fun fact. So the idea for the Point Pleasant episode, the 25th episode, the anniversary episode, if you will, uh, came from the episode uh, the last time uh, that Alicia was on. I was. We talked. About it.
2: Oh, yeah. yes. And I was like Point Pleasant, New Jersey or Point Pleasant as in like Mothman Prophecy. Oh,
0: no. was that in a Mothman Prophecy?
2: Well the the Mothman prophecy is set in like Point Pleasant, West Virginia or some I don't know. Oh,
0: that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know it's not a bad movie, is Mothman Prophecies or Richard Gere. Not a bad movie.
2: Maybe. Another like weird kind of like sexy nineties thriller kind of horror movie that should be remade.
0: Yeah, that's one you could definitely remake for sure. Especially in these unprecedented times. It it, it plays. And also Richard Gere it's always going to be a little thirsty when he's in
2: it. Yeah. I, I think Richard Gere is also, like, an... Oh, my God.
0: Say it. <laughs> say it. Personal
2: opinion. I have to commit now. Um, He is an old man weeb. Like, he's low-key a, um, yeah. a weeb. I don't know what a weeb. Like, when like
0: I say we weeb,
2: I think of, like, like, weeblows. Like, a weeb, boo. And I, I, I don't mean that, like, listen, I like anime. Yes, I ironically call myself a weeb. But, like, I mean, like, a weeb in the sense that, like, is... Kind of unhealthily obsessed with like East Asian culture and like kind of fetishizes it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Listen, I'm not, I don't know Richard Gear personally, so don't don't fight me, Richard Gear. You probably are super in shape and do like um he's, um he's like taekwondo uh, like, or something like. <laughs> he's not
0: young. He's definitely collecting Social Security. I think at this point in his life.
2: I'm I not- still think Gear can could, could could like beat somebody up though, which kind of scares oh, me. Oh,
0: I mean, sure, he's seventy-one. <laughs> Ow! Old he's dude. got that old man energy. Yeah, see, sometimes you got that grandpa strength. You got to watch out because exactly. that's like my my father-in-law. You look at him, you are like that guy could rip a fire hydrant out of the ground. He just he's got like hand, hands like phone books. That guy, big dude. Not like he's gonna listen to this podcast, but so we're here to talk about one thing and one thing specifically. We talked about it on our pre-show meeting. Yes, we actually do have pre-show meetings sometimes. Thank you, Al, for meeting yourself when you sneeze. Um, we're talking about nachos, guys we talked about nachos on the pre-show meeting. So, I think like we we kind of canned our seriously what the fuck, which is a phrase I use now all the time, is uh or what the actual fuck is the phrase I use all the time. But yeah, nachos, guys. Let's just take a moment. I could go for a plate right now to be honest with you. What a what a
1: random Random way to introduce uh, our crazy selves to uh, our audience by just saying, "You know what?
2: Let's just fucking talk about
1: nachos." Listen, yes,
2: well, welcome to the socially distanced podcast. We are a culinary podcast <laughs> yeah. because hey, we're now, also, we now have to fill the void of the Bon Appetit podcast, which you
0: know. I, yes. Oh, I, I, that's a hot
1: take. I will, I will say today <laughs> I experimented by making like a really gigantic. Um cob salad. I don't oh. know if you guys are fans of cob salads, but I wait. Love I don't know if you guys can see it in the picture. Hold on. Oh.
0: With the avocado. God damn it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Everything roasted is... red peppers or tomatoes? That's tomatoes. No, and that's can, a big pile. that's a big pile of bacon in the back right there.
2: Yes, audience. Uh it, you can't see this right now, but Al made a beautiful cob salad with all the Eggs neatly in the center. It's very yeah. colorful. There was a
0: lot of preparation. Uh, yes. if, I, if this were Top Chef right now, you'd you'd be getting some good points from Padma Lakshmi. Um, Thank you, would, Chef. You know, you're welcome, Chef. Uh, but no, seriously, we were originally going to talk about the DC Fandom's second weekend, but quite frankly, uh, what was the big story out of it outside of there was no big news coming out of the DC Fandom's second weekend? This is something we've yeah, um, and... This is where we kind of are. Yeah, little, 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 like I guess news flashes,
1: if you will. The the big, big news was that they um, they gave Doom Patrol a season three on HBO Max, which makes sense. Um, I be- I believe in the next few weeks we are going to hear some form of a, of a news involving the sunsetting of the DC Universe app. I think that's just bound to happen at this point. Um because there's no reason for people to tune in anymore and I think they just want to push all the subscribers to HBO max. So I think that's gonna happen soon. Um, the big news or the the lack of big news about a Harley Quinn uh, season renewal for season three was a little disappointing because the show is amazing as uh, Cole and I have waxed poetic about it uh, you know on this show. Um, that was that was a kind of a sting because they had a panel at fandom this you know last weekend but they you know they said that basically everything's up in the air it doesn't help that
0: i can't see them not renewing it it's like the most talked about dc property they have it it that's not in a movie
1: yeah but the the big problem was if you remember bill like like the week or two before fandom they like laid off like a giant chunk of the warner brothers staff
0: oh you mean like all of america did
1: yeah, but, like, they did it right before fandom. So I think a lot of this, like, that kind of stuff is, like, still up in the air. But, yeah, that's about it. I mean, they really didn't do a lot. They just kind of gave more, you know, more experiences for fans, uh, panels and such. Uh, you know, I think Gal, uh, Gal Gadot did, like, a fan Q&A or something, like, mm-hmm. about Wonder Woman 84. Uh, but, yeah, it, was, it wasn't was really exciting. Delayed again. The first got Of course, yeah.
0: I mean, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's played till what yeah, Christmas a, now?
1: Yeah, tentatively because it's going to change again probably. I, I don't see any major releases uh, going into theaters the rest of the year. Uh, um, I don't know.
0: I really don't. I mean, I really like really I like like the practical dad side of me says don't do it. But I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing Tenant still brought in twenty to thirty million dollars over the weekends and stuff. Really? There's going to be studios releasing stuff. <laughs> what? What if that? What? would that have done oh if no, no everything was normal i think i mentioned this to you offline was that yeah um a 20 million dollar weekend opening weekend technically for tenant would have been a disaster oh yeah uh so yeah but i mean uh, you know relatively speaking right now it'd probably be it's they're taking it up as a win so i don't know well let's let's get into our actual seriously
1: what the fuck what the actual fuck? This week, seriously, what
0: the fuck? I'm the host, by the way, so I'll take you over from here. Seriously, what the fuck this week is uh, the, one of the main reasons we brought Alicia on for this week. Because we knew she'd be about it, about it. She'd be, she'd be so into it. And that was the highly anticipated release of the trailer for Dennis Villeneuve's latest film, Dune the quote unquote unfilmable book originally filmed in the eighties by David Lynch, then brought back to the small screen. Um, it was on sci-fi and they had two series. One of them was starring James McAvoy and Susan Sarandon, which I did not realize until last week. I was last week old when I found that out. Um, but, uh, thank you, Alicia. I'm glad you laughed at that joke. Um, but yes, last week the Dune trailer was released. Of course, this is going to be starring a a mind-bogglingly huge cast. We're talking Timothy Timothy, I should say, Chalamet, Zendaya, Josh Brolin, Batista, um Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem, Rebecca Ferguson, uh Uh, Oscar Isaac Isaac yes of course he was he was everyone was thirsting over Oscar and his silver tinged beard you're welcome thanks you're welcome for the inspiration Um, we're all (laughs) talking about that I know never but uh, Alicia let's talk about this let me talk about your relationship with Dune first now this is a a classic novel written by Frank Herbert Um, did you read the books did you watch the original film that was done by David Lynch that starred Kyle MacLachlan Tell us about your relationship with Dune, if you have one.
2: Um, so, no. Let's, I'm just going to put it out there. I've ne- never read the book, which I know a lot of people are going to probably be pissed about. Um, I'm but a little I, surprised.
0: I-, I thought you might have.
2: I, you know, it, it's always been on my list because I love like a large any anytime you pick up like a like a, a sci-fi or a fantasy book uh, book. <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
0: Which I think with, you can get uh, at Ikea. But...
2: I, I don't know if it was originally printed. I'm sure there's got to be some sort of index, uh, you know, versions of it where they just list all the characters. Anytime there's a book that has to like list all the characters and give you like a fucking map. I'm so down. Cause it's yeah. going to be so dumb and it's just going to be like, I'm, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but I'm so down. I just love a good space opera. And I, and I unironically love the David Lynch Dune movie. It is Really? It is you, like, like
0: David just, Lynch doesn't even like that movie.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's just so, it's so delightfully like ugly. It's just oh, such so an ugly. ugly looking movie. And, and I remember I'm a little also traumatized. Cause I think I saw it like a little way too young. Um, I had an uncle that was, like, a super, like, big into TV guy, like, loved, like, like, Mash and, like, Planet of the Apes, like, so he definitely was probably the one that showed me Dune, but um, there was, like, a a, a, a character and I'm so sorry if somebody is, like, super into Dune and they know who it is, but he's, like, a big, kind of, fat barren dude with a bunch of warts and he, like, spits on, like, <laughs> the character, the main character's mom, and it, like, traumatized me because it was so disgusting <laughs> so
0: that is actually a, an actor who was on twin peaks i believe i believe that was oh crap it's gonna take me a hot second here i'm uh, probably it's not gonna pop up for me but yeah i believe he was an actor also on twin peaks Yeah, I I don't remember if that was Jack Nance or not. But, yeah, like, no, I've seen that character, and he is ridiculous. He is just this fat, warty guy who is just, you're just like, this is the grossest human, this is the grossest character I've ever seen on film.
2: Yeah, and he specifically, I remember, I, I don't remember the exact line of dialogue, but he was just like, he was like, I'm going to, like, put a little spittle on you. And he uses the word spittle, and it's the most repulsive, like, like definitely top five words that repulse me is like moist and like spittle is oh. somewhere like in there. Like moist spittle. Let that sink in, listeners. Yikers. I'm gonna say it one more time. Moist spittle. Um, that's my <laughs> rapper name, by the way. It's my SoundCloud.
0: <laughs> I'm 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 really interested in seeing what your mixtape is gonna sound is gonna be. Um, I'm actually just trying...
2: a bunch of moist sounds.
0: Oh God! Like the way you just said that just made me want to die.
2: It's just, like, slapping, like, Roger and in Mayonnaise or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is wildly terrible, yet amazing at the same time. Um
2: spitting, like, hot bars over that. I,
0: I remember that was, like, one of the big things they, they brought in that movie was Sting. When he was, like, he was just out, off the police. And, like, he was, like, this perfect creation. He's, like, all, like, diesel as shit. And I'm just, like, this is really weird and there's so much bad casting like dean stockwell who's like a who's on quantably played an asian an asian character which was really like what are you doing um if you watch twin peaks there there is or any david lynch property there is a lot of his like greatest hits character like actors there that he's used throughout the years like a wes anderson film but way more fucked up but I have watched that Dune one, that Dune movie, it's been, it was on for like a, a few years stint, it was on Stars like every every weekend, like at like two in the morning. And I would watch it and man, that thing is such a chore to get through. Except for Kyle MacLachlan, because he's great. He's just like, I, I haven't seen a bad thing with Kyle MacLachlan yet, but this was just like, I, every time I watched it, I was like, this is a fucking boring movie. <laughs> like... Al, have you uh, – what's your relationship with Dune as you finish cataloging your comics?
1: I, I – you know what's funny? I never – I never seen uh, the original Dune. Uh, I'm just a big Denny, Denny Villeneuve fan or as uh, – what's his name said during uh, <laughs> during Thursday Night Football? Uh, what is it? Like De- Denny Vanilla. It was so, How Michael said that? Yeah, oh, I heard he, no, he oh, butchered it. Oh, oh, he butchered it. He said he said something ridiculous oh. because he was, you know, they always have to make them comment on like you know the trailer that was just you know on or you know the 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 next episode of the Tonight Show or whatever. And when he butchered that name, I fucking spit out whatever was in my mouth at that time, whether it was beer or coffee. Um, oh my god, fantastic! Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, you know. Blade Runner 2049 oh, we'll is, is just fucking... Yeah, we, it was a gift that we did not deserve um, no. at all. And, uh, Arrival. Yeah. Oh, and, oh and, and Arrival was great too. I've never seen uh, either Enemy or Prisoners. Mostly because Prisoners freaked the, me the fuck out. Prisoners I I is good.
0: Prisoners is, I, I, at least, have you seen Prisoners?
2: That's the thing with Hugh Jackman, right?
0: Yeah, Hugh Jackman, right? Jake no. Gyllenhaal, Terrence Howard.
2: I I didn't.
0: Paul Dano because yeah.
2: I always thought I I thought Denny Vel Vel Denny Vanilla um only did uh sci it's like science fiction. I'll be honest, <laughs> with you,
0: like it, it was an oddly marketed film, but when you get it, and there are some issues with it, but man, there's some really good shit in there. It's and if people don't know what Prisoners is about, it's um, Terrence Howard and. Hugh Jackman's kid they're each one of their kids from both families are kidnapped they believe Paul Dano's character did it and they basically take him prisoner to find these and they and, and it is basically the like how they're descent into basically being just as bad as a a kidnapper a torturer a murderer I'm not saying they kill him I'm just saying like they 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 devolve into that, and it's like a really interesting study into the human psyche when pushed to the limit. How far will you go to like mm-hmm. save your children? Um, very interesting. Uh, Arrival. I loved Arrival. That movie is just like that. Just movie will just leave you gobsmacked, man, like jaw on the floor. But Alicia, I know you have a lot of thoughts on Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I know that's right in your valley way.
2: I fucking love. Wait, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yes, absolutely. Right? Oh my God. Dude, we so, have yeah. been so
0: wasted on this podcast, you and I. Like, yes, of course you are.
2: Ugh. And the only reason I'm not is because I just came back from a two day camping trip where I just drank the whole time. Um, and uh, also, like, story for later, but I thought I was going to totally get eaten by a bear um, on one night. <laughs>
0: that's, <laughs> me, that's the reason I never go camping, so.
2: Or it was the Blair Witch, just like trying to give me a little smooch on the head, you know, for bed, you know, just before bed, a little little bed bedtime smooch. I'm not <laughs> um,
0: sleeping tonight. Oh,
2: well, it's twenty twenty, so I guess it's like Slender Man now. So <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah, you kids don't know that. what Blair Witch is. Um, so yeah, I love. Blade Runner, right? I'm such a big, like, Blade Runner is the best fucking science fiction movie of all time. Um, Fight me. (laughs) And I loved Blade Runner 2049. I saw it twice. Um, I saw it the second time in like a Dolby surround sound theater and it was amazing. And they're working on a, I think Adult Swim is trying to do an anime spinoff series, like a quasi-prequel to 2049. Um, That'd be amazing. And they did, they also did a short, uh, an anime short to promote the movie um oddly enough like i feel like they, they announced you know it's so strange to see this trailer for dune because like i was aware of it right like four years ago i knew they were gonna try to remake dune and like you really heard nothing about it uh since and then blade runner 2049 came out and then they were like oh my god like we saw this movie like it's denny bella denny whatever vanilla is is doing dune and it's gonna be amazing because 2049 um but i was always like like pipe dream i personally think dune should have been an animated series and i pretty much say that about everything you know that i love my animation but
0: i mean i don't disagree with that like i've said a lot of the star wars movies like those one-offs should have been tv shows not animated but like tv shows i think they were like I thought, Solo would have worked better as a series. Rogue One, I think, would have worked better as a series. Now doing a prequel to that, um, I loved forty nine twenty forty nine. Continue one sec. And so, like, I feel like, yeah, I, I was stoked to hear that too. Al, what do you? What's your? You, you wanted to add something there? Well, I
1: was going to say that um, that today they announced it was like an interview with Eddie Wright, and they said that yep. he is in talks with Brian Lee O'Malley to continue. Um, Scott Pilgrim in some kind of anime which would be amazing and I I totally agree with you Alicia that like you know a lot of these like you know big expanding you know especially stuff that is being adapted it almost doesn't make sense to do like a big budget you know two and a half hour movie when there's so much story there's so much depth like you know Game of Thrones wouldn't have worked as a movie that's why we got Game of Thrones right? You know, something that me and Alicia love to death, and we've probably talked about on this podcast, is um, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples' Saga, the image title. Um, you know, that is, you know, again, space opera. It's, it's you know, kind of Romeo and Juliet in space a little bit. Um, it's tons of characters, tons of worlds, all these families and everything like that. Would it work as a movie if done by the right person? Yes. Would it work better as a like an HBO series? Fuck yes. Like holy shit.
2: And it should be animated. And
1: Yeah. We're gonna get an Invincible series yes. v- via Amazon Prime. Like that's and, the amazing voice cast. Like I'm in. Like I'm and totally in. I,
2: I believe I wanna say Ryan Oatley, um, who's one of the artists on Invincible, um, or the artists on Invincible, yes. really, I think. Um, I wanna say he dropped like, the character model sheets, and it looks exactly like the artwork.
1: So yeah. and he's consulting on it, too. So it's, like, it, they're going to get it right because they have the they have the creators. Like, Kirkman owns all of... You know, Kirkman and Otley are, I guess, co-creators, you know, because it's, the, like, how Image runs with, like, their creator-owned series. So, like, they're fully invested in that stuff. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of those properties moving forward, um, you know, especially Image prop, uh, property stuff, is, like, we're going to get the creators directly involved to making their vision uh adapted, right? Um, you know, Donnie Cates wrote the script for the God Country movie and that's his that's his book that he co created with Jeff Shaw. So like I love seeing that. But going back to Dune, um I again, Danny Villeneuve fan, like I don't think you can do any anything wrong. And this is apparently gonna be two movies.
0: i I don't know about that. I haven't heard that, but it would be smart if it was two uh, because like Dune is a I'll massive, know, check. Dune is a massive book. It is a yes. massive book. And uh, it's like a Lord. It's not Lord of the Rings, but it's big for sure.
2: Yes, and I mean, and if like for somebody, once again, for somebody who like didn't read the book but is very familiar with the imagery of the movie, and like clearly, Denny Villanu is taking from the movie, right? The still suits that are in yeah. this movie, look exactly like the Lynch movie. Like, how can you not, right? Because everybody's like, oh, he's going to make... When it was first announced, like, years ago, um, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's going to make, like, Jodorowsky's Dune. And then he, I think he made some comments, like, saying, like, no, this is going to be my own Dune. But, like, you know, visually, he's going to build off of the, the Lynch movie, as horrible as it is and as ugly as it is. Um, but... You know, like like to to kind of if you're gonna summarize Dune, it's like this weird um, feudal world. Like it's very medieval, mm-hmm. but it also kind of has like that semi um, mm-hmm. military fantasy kind of like Ender's Game esque vibe in space. So if you're like a fan of, for example, like any kind of Gundam franchise, oh. um, yeah. So it's like. That's where I'm trying to get at. This is that. That's where the weird tangent I was trying to get at was. It would be interesting to see going up to Dune because God knows when it's going to come out at this point. Um, that they do something like they did with 2049 is like do some anime shorts. I would really like to see Dune in maybe a prequel because clearly in the trailer, like somebody says, like, oh, your ancestors like couldn't fucking run this planet. So like, why don't we have like little lore? like a little lore animated anthology kind of leading up to it. I think
0: that's smart. I think it's really smart as someone who's like, I really appreciate anime. I can't say I wouldn't call myself a diehard anime fan, but I feel like any sort of content like that is really smart to put out because people be like, oh, now I can go into the movie with like some sort of context, some sort of knowledge. I think that's very smart. Um, I, I thought, so let's, let's get into this. I have a funny story from my dad. It was like, he worked for Putnam Publishing, which is now Penguin Putnam, and, or just Penguin Publishing now. And I remember he got offered all the original Dune action figures. Like, and they're like, do you want these? And he's like, no, this movie's going to suck. I don't want this. And like, to vintage my dad. And then like, like years later, like when I was in my twenties, he's like, oh, I kick myself for not taking them. Because they're so rare and they're like no one cared, but like they would be such collector's items these days. He got offered like legit the whole line. And he was just like, no one cares about this. Cause if you watch the nineteen eighty four or whatever year it came out, the eighties the trailer for this film, they were totally marketing this as a Star Wars knockoff. Like, there's even Star Wars sound effects in this film. Like, there's one scene where they're um Kyle McLaughlin is like um, battling what is now the Josh Brolin character in the new film, but it was played by Jürgen Prochnow, who was like a bad guy in Beverly Hills Cop Two, Judge Dredd. Um, I know random '90s action movie villains, sorry, uh, actors, and um, it, like it's literally the lights. It's literally the sound of lightsabers crashing. They cut that to be like, "Hey kids, did you like Star Wars? This is Star Wars. Please come see our movie." Like, and
2: then they 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 showed up and it was really just a huge commentary on like feudalism and the horrors of like oligarchy and yeah. conquest and space travel uh
0: <laughs> produced by the guy who did Conan the Barbarian you know it's uh, oh it's my like God. but so what do we what do we Alicia what do you think of this trailer like what do you think of this cast like did, is did this trailer sell you to be like you know what when all is clear I would like to see this movie in theaters, or you can hold off on it,
2: okay, so somebody who is biased like visually, I'm excited for it i think I think this is what if the nineteen eighty whatever movie was made today like it it this is what it was supposed to look like, right like, um, but I did not <laughs> like the trailer because it was oddly cut like um like, a teen dystopian novel. It kind of had that vibe, like I was watching a trailer for The Maze Runner, and
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> I... have seen that first one for sure. Don't they have one called The Scorch? Isn't that, like, one of the sequels? It's like, yeah, the... And it's, like, Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones. He's like, welcome to The Scorch, yes. and I'm just like, holy yes. shit, that's terrible.
2: Yeah. And, like, speaking of... Game of Thrones characters, like, um, you know, obviously Jason Momoa is in it. He plays Duncan Idaho, I think. That's the character's yeah, name. Yeah, played by a guy
0: um, in the 80s who was, like, a constant dweeby villain.
2: Yes. And, like, there was just something odd. Like, I feel like what's, you know, I, I, if anything, I don't think this movie's going to flop. If anything, it might be mediocre in terms of expectations. I don't think it is. But I think what's going to damage this movie is... If they don't like release new trailers like leading up to the movie, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of people going to see Dune without the context of what Dune was and in is uh, in terms of the book uh, and the movie, who are going to go in thinking this is going to be like a teen drama between Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, which, well, one, they're they're not like teenagers, right? They're like no. they like, twenty. No. Um, um, and, and, you know, totally going to miss out of the fact that like, this is a very involved and like complex book, much like Game of Thrones about politics and, you know, the existentialism of fucking space travel, um, and the horrors of us. But yeah, it was strange. It had that like slow down whatever song that edgy like
0: oh al's gonna talk about that how that's his favorite part of the trailer
2: and they were very much like oh my god look it's jason momoa do you remember jason momoa like oh my god he's still so hot And like oh he's in another fantasy franchise now
1: i mean let's just talk about how smart that casting is right because you just basically mentioned like they have to keep putting out trailers to like promote this whatever um literally casting the two most popular People on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, in terms of Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, like genius, genius casting. Let alone the surround, you know, the the supporting cast members.
0: Um, and let alone the fact they're both very good actors. Oh, yeah, they're both fantastic actors. Yeah, I mean, Euphoria. I mean, holy shit, she kills in that. Call
1: Me by Your Name. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, Yeah, you mentioned the music. Um, I it took me a second, but I'm like, is that Eclipse by Pink Floyd and then I'm like but it doesn't sound like Pink Floyd so it is like a a Hans Zimmer arrangement of Pink Floyd uh, Eclipse by Pink Floyd uh, off Dark Side of the Moon sold you got me you got my money you big dummies you you had me there that's all I needed I love Hans Zimmer I always did I mean you know we've talked uh, uh, plenty of Nolan on this podcast uh, you know, regarding Tenet but like his collaboration with, with Zimmer for the you know um inception and the batman movies just you know rivals like a lot of the the you know greatest soundtrack slash directing duos and i think this is a this is a great this is a great collab. this so what what is his normal his normal guy died right am i thinking
2: of the right guy oh yes the the gentleman oh my god uh it's a shame i forgot his name that's such a shame um, um he did this it, score for a
1: Two J's, like Johan Johansson or something like
0: that?
2: Yes. It's a very, um, you know, for us, right. it, it, well, well, Americans, well, a very well, long name. Johan
0: uh, Johansson.
2: Okay, no, it's so it's not a long name. <laughs> no,
1: no. Um, so, yeah, he, he, unfor- yeah, he un- unfortunately passed away, I think, uh, like, in like 2018 or something, 2017. Um, so, yeah, so him partnering with, with Zimmer is, is a great... You know, um, unfortunately, we can't get that version of probably would have would have been. But Zimmer is a a great choice to to definitely collab with. Uh, But, Bill, I mentioned before that the the film is going to be split into two. So he uh, he found a point in, I guess, in the book for it to split. They said that the the film will have a conclusion, but it like leaves it open for for more. So it
0: is. So it is two movies. It's interesting because I look at Alicia's point. And and if you're, it is like if you know anything about like if you watch the '84 trailer, you see and if you've ever seen it, it's definitely got all this politics and there's a lot of exposition, and there's a lot of talking. It's very Games of Throny. Games of Throne as I say, like, Throny. That's that's terrible. It sounds like Brony. brony. It sounds like Brony. Um, but uh, for all you My Little Pony geeks out there, um, I've seen plenty of the episodes as a father of a gr- of a girl. Um, but to me, I see it, I'm like, damn, like that really would have, the way you focus that, I'm like, man, that would really work as a series. And you think about like, it could be, it's very feasible that the cast they have assembled would work on a TV show. We've seen big budget casts like this before. Uh, but at the same time for me, I see it as like, I look at this epic, this trailer to me, I was just like. I know what Dune is. I know the beats. I mean, even some of the lines where it was like, Fear is the mind killer. I was like, hello. A little nod to the old 90s metal band Fear Factory. Um, and, like, you know, yeah, I very few people are going to make a Fear Factory <laughs> uh, reference on that. Glad Alicia appreciates it. Um, but, yeah, it's like, I, I look at it, I'm like, man, this is so epic. This is so big in scope. It's got Batista in it. It's got Momoa kicking ass. Like, it sounds so good, but, like, you have to wonder, man, is that few and far between. And we're going to get a lot of drama, a lot of exposition, a lot of talking. And if this is two movies, how is this going to play out? Because you really have to make this work for someone to come back for film too. If this is a whole bunch of talking and bullshit, it's going to be real tough to get people in the theaters back for a second film. So while I'm very excited from what I saw from this trailer, i am also like – Le- you know it's also dune it's got it's got baggage so i don't know alicia you you had something you wanted to add there
2: uh yes it's 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 highly inappropriate too but uh, uh, you know what, I, d- somebody's gotta stop. say it um the sandworms one incredible
0: oh, but yeah
2: okay i have to com- once again i have to commit to it because i already commit it to it there. Um, so we should actually probably put this on a shirt um, if we ever, you know, red. Marvel I should make you a shirt
0: that says "Commit to it."
2: Commit to it. Uh, um, how long do you think it'll take for somebody on Etsy to make a sandworm uh, flashlight? <laughs> Thank
0: you. Perfect. Uh, if it's not in the works already, someone has dropped the ball. I- and Alicia, there's a cor- there's a cottage industry there for you fuck
2: i just keep thinking of brilliant um business endeavors like my soon-to-be future yai-lai uh league
1: hi-lai High hi-lai High <laughs> <lie. laughs> honestly i thought you were gonna say um i keep coming up
0: with pop culture fleshlights dude like i'm not gonna <laughs> lie like if we could just be gross for a second it would be a huge seller if it's not already made
2: i mean somebody made oh
0: um, oh it would be a
2: huge seller
0: son of a bitch
2: um god well when the shape of water came out somebody made um dildos from the of of the fish man well i guess well you never see full frontal fish man in the shape of water but i guess they you know they assumed and um (laughs) conceptualized and apparently what what was like
0: what did they what did they call the was like the fake porno title for that it was like
2: was was oh, there was a fake porno title. Of course,
0: there was. It was porn. like grind know. something or other. Oh, like they were just like, oh yeah, it's called. It, you know, no, no, no. It wasn't like um, it wasn't a real thing. But they were just like, oh, you could <laughs> also call it. By the way, wonk wonk. Um, something I can't remember what it was called. Um. <laughs> well, we've told you good author else about Dune. I did not think we'd be talking about sandworm flashlights, but you know, socially distant podcast. Twenty six weeks of pure insanity.
1: Thank God we're That's here. That's true. Um, I do want to talk about just, like, how does Dennyville Villeneuve post Blade Runner 2049 still just have all, the, like, the gall and, like, the ability to just be like, guess what? That one didn't work. I don't give a shit here's Dune, and he just drops it on the table. I thought when you I were say, also uh, when going I say, into a
0: Mulaney, a Mick Jagger impersonation for a second. Oh,
1: <laughs> not funny!
0: No. No. Yes. Because Arrival was a huge like, hit. Arrival was so doesn't massive. doesn't really matter.
1: It does not matter. If you have something like Blade Runner, Like I think if Blade Runner doesn't get the Oscar um, for for Deacons. Which that again, makes... yeah, did Deacons do this? No. That makes sense. He did not I feel that. Yeah, he did So not anyway, that. so if Deacons doesn't get the Oscar for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think they you don't get Dune. Like you can't. I, I don't I don't see it. I just like I guess I guess it got amazing There's critical. There's a werewolf. Yeah, Amazing critical reception, right? I just can't see, like, them letting him go to bat again. You know? It's like, I, I can't even describe, like, how, how like, there, there's no other, like, um, example for which that, you know, like, um, the guy who did uh, Tron Legacy, right? Uh, yeah. Joseph, uh, starts with a K, I think. Kafka? No. Whatever his name is. He didn't get to, he didn't say, all right. I know. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Disney. That didn't work out. But They're here's still another making a story. sequel to it. He, well, I don't. Yeah, but like ten years later. Well, because they got a ri- they got a like, ride to
0: promote. That's why.
1: Exactly. I'm just saying. Like, I, I I don't know if you feel the same way, Alicia. But like, I, I don't know how. Like, this is going to be like. And how did this get made? In the sense of like, legitimately. Like, you're you're taking an, a readaptation of something that didn't work the first time from a director who, yes, is critically acclaimed, but uh, the, the, his last gigantic movie, which was an adaptation of another thing from the eighties, uh, didn't do well financially. So I just, it's just so strange to me that they would allow him to do this, especially two of them. Like, like what does he have on the, the, the executives there?
2: I, I think a lot of it is a spectacle of it, right? Like we all know, yes, like Blade Runner 2049 didn't do great in terms of profit, um, but it's a great movie. Like it's a, it's an objectively good movie. Um, but I think a lot of like, I, I feel like, and it's terrible as it is, I feel like a lot of the money that's going to come into this Dune movie, I feel like if anything, the, the, the it's going to make a lot the opening weekend, it's going to have like like a short burst and then like a steady decline in terms of box office numbers. Um, but I think a lot of it is just the spectacle Spectacle of like, we all know this guy can make good movies. He's competent. Obviously, we all knew David Lynch is a competent director and filmmaker. Um, but it's failed so many times. And I feel like a lot of people are just going to want to see it just to see it fail. And that's where a lot of it's going to come in. I, I, I think it's it's a lot of the spectacle behind it that justified like, let's keep going with this.
0: We say we say no, uh, Blade Runner was a flop, you know. And but it, like I'm I'm like also doing research on the fly here. It's like he like Blade Runner made a shit ton of money in the secondary market when it released Blu-ray. Like it was an unexpected hit. And you also have to remember Arrival made tons of money against a low production value. Sicario made a lot of money against a low production value. Uh, Prisoners, I believe, also made a bundle of money. Yeah, so he's done really well. It's like Blade Runner, again, it's like it's tough. Like Al, you were saying, like he's taken two almost unfilmable films and source material, and he has made the adaptation of it. You know, Blade Runner, how many cuts did that have? And let's not forget, the first Blade Runner... Did not was not exactly a resounding success. It's a cult classic. Ooh, fun fact. You know, I just I, I
1: Bill, I know you're in a, in a thing, but no, I no, love no, no. I love saying this. Anytime people mention Blade Runner's uh f- like failure at the box office, not Bill but Alicia. Do you know what movie also came out the exact same weekend as Blade Runner?
2: I feel like I know the answer to this. I feel first, like I do too.
1: Is and... so it back I to the future too? No, it's it's a little uh, little small indie movie called E. T. Yeah. Yeah. So but, the but one of the biggest movies of the entire decade no, came out. The of same all
0: weekend. time. Like that's an all time film. Oh like, no, just of not. course. I'm saying but like but the it, one of the quintessential eighties movies but came again, out. Like you're looking at a like, film that was like came out and it was like Blade Runner. I have mixed feelings about Blade Runner, but it's like it's not the most commercially it's not the most accessible film it's a film noir set in it's a cyberpunk film it's film noir and sci-fi and okay. dune was this like crazy political epic set in a sci-fi world that people were trying to make into star wars so it's like both were almost doomed to fail because they were both like kind of centric around star wars because you had harrison ford in the first one, everyone's like, "He's on Solo. He's gonna do. He's Indiana Jones. You know, he's gonna be. He's gonna be commercially viable." And then he makes this dark ass Humphrey Bogart movie in space, and everyone's like, "I don't get it." You know,
2: which ironically or coincidentally enough is also based on like a book that like is not really kid-friendly. It's, it's, if, uh, if people don't know this already, it's, uh, based on, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep by Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> well, he's just like, let me educate you children on all this stuff. Uh,
2: but yeah, no, it's definitely, um, you know, star Wars, star Wars just like, like, fucked up the space opera game. I love Star Wars, but it fucked up the space opera game.
1: Especially <laughs> this was this was an inspiration for Star Wars. Like we mentioned that like the yeah. first Dune looks like Star Wars. It's because that like post Star Wars they're like we need to fucking make the thing that inspired the guy to make the thing. Like Dune is Dune is one of the most influential books of all time and I think having the right person like like and I was just shitting on him before but like This guy is the guy. I mean, Blade Runner is so good. Like, it literally, like, he did a better version, I think, than Ridley Scott did with the original in terms of making, like, a very uh, lasting and epic film. Um, That score alone. uh, The score alone. And, I mean, the cinematography – I mean, Deacon's cinematography in that is, again, not only Oscar-worthy. It's just – it's breathtaking, right? So this is an adaptation that we need – we need to see because we need to, like, get the sour taste out of the the, the David Lynch one. And it's just like people – like, not enough people know about Dune, but everyone knows Star Wars and Game of Thrones. and Like, we wouldn't be there without Dune. So it's like this – it makes sense for this to happen. It's just, again, it may have made more sense doing it as a series. But if we need it as a movie, I don't think
0: we can do it any better than with Denny Bill this reminds me, like Hollywood also has this thing where they, if they want to do something, they're not going to keep hitting that that well. Remember, Ghostbusters three went through how many iterations of casts? Like, it was supposed to be all the people from like that Sandler. It was like supposed to be Sandler and Farley and Spade and Chris Rock. They were going to be the Ghostbusters. Eddie Murphy was going to be it at one point, point. and then it was going to be like the Seth Rogen crew it was going to be, um, you know. Oh, and then it was going to be the frat pack. It was going to be, you know, Ben Stiller and Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, Jon Favreau. Like, it was, it was like, they went through all these iterations. So they're like, we're going to make this happen. Like, Hollywood has been like, Dune should be a hit. We will make it a hit one day. And I think they found the people to do it. And if it's a hit, it's a big question. So that, I, I if you guys have any other closing thoughts on Dune, that will be the end of this segment. Cause it's just like, it, Oh no! I'll have one more question to end it. Alicia, opening weekend, are you gonna see Dune?
2: I mean, like without the danger and threat of a yeah, yeah, like minus minus
0: the burning world we (laughs) exist in currently. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. Um, And also the only reason I'm holding off on seeing Tenet is, one, because, you know, the pandemic isn't over yet, everybody, just because you're over it, uh, end quote. Wear your
0: (laughs) fucking mask. It's
2: probably going to just end up on a streaming service real soon, uh, I'm sure of it. But yes, I will absolutely see it um, opening weekend. And uh, God, I hope they really do some great epic battle scenes in that movie.
0: Al, what about you? Are you an opening weekend guy for Dune? Given oh, if man. everything is... If we get the all clear in movie theaters. Dude,
1: I said on this podcast that I would have been an opening weekend person for Tenant. Here yes, I am. Uh, my mind is tenantless. I've never seen it, and I uh, don't plan on going to the theater to see it, um, mostly because I keep seeing reports about, like, how bad it is for you to go to a theater right now. There's no reason to, right? We have... Uh, we have the comfort of our own homes or in my case uh, murder basements.
0: Oh, your basement and, uh, is so murdery. We
1: mm-hmm. thought you died at least yeah. twice
0: before this podcast started. Um, yeah, or no. if you're like me, you have a backyard projector you can use. Oh,
1: God, what a flex. What a Dude. dad flex. Oh, by the That's way,
0: they're nice. very affordable. It's like 100 bucks on like on Amazon for like a screen, a projector and all the It's a one-time investment. Totally oh, can wonderful. I
2: just Can I just say that is, like, a new weird thing, etiquette thing, I discovered I have to be aware of now during uh, quarantine is, so I live in a cul-de-sac, and uh, I, um, you know, fully take advantage of that. So I don't do the whole, like, K-turn to, like, uh, double park outside (laughs) my house. Um, I I go around the cul-de-sac, and I totally headlights on it was 10 30 at night like interrupted a family movie because they were projecting it on the side of their house and here i come looking down <laughs> on my mitsubishi lancer um my nissan skyline um, I love it. like headlights on like just interrupting this movie so i guess that's just the new normal we have to get used to is people just having movies and i the other of side house. of a
0: highway so i'm like it's just like jack skellington is singing and it's just like here Oh, motherfucker! You know, you know, just these <laughs> things happen. Uh, Serious question: When you
1: when you whipped it in, into the uh, into the cul-de-sac, did you uh, drift, and were you pressing the nos button? Oh,
2: in my mind, mentally, in my mind, I did. I'm always Listen, pressing the nos button. I'm very upset
1: that I. We should have. We
0: we're gonna. I'm gonna bring. I'm. I'm, cha- I'm changing the game. I'm changing the game for glimmer. You're Pope. gonna do it right I'm, now. I'm. I'm no for glimmer of hope. I'm changing the game. We are right. not going to do it. We're going to talk about Excellent. what we, oh, God, what we yes. should have been Good. talking about. Good. I already
2: know what we're talking about. Yep. You it's, didn't it's even tell be cool. me before this, but I, I already yeah. know. I'm so just we're just not going to
0: spoil it for okay. anyone. It's going to be glorious. Um, we just did some kind like, of telekinetic <laughs> yep. we, all yep. know, okay. we all know, dude. We all know. It's so Excellent. awesome. Uh, okay, so that concludes. For me, yeah, like if everything is all clear, I would definitely go see Dune opening weekend. It's got a great cast. And it, I'm all for, like Alicia, like you, I'm all for a big-ass epic space opera. I'm in. But with some hesitation, you know? You know, it, it, this it, it, this was the unfilmable book. We'll see how it goes. And,
2: that, or I guess we can just watch Raised by Wolves by Ridley Scott. <laughs> that's
0: really Oh, yeah, we have a review coming up on the site this week. It probably has already dropped by the time you listen to this podcast on Friday. <laughs> I have no idea if it's positive or negative. Um... Such a good editor-in-chief. Uh, so that concludes Seriously What the Fuck. We're now going to move into music in a time of quarantine. I feel like it's been a few weeks since I've actually sang that song. Um, but, oh yeah, because we didn't do it with Dan, and we did do it with Point Pleasant. So. I truly haven't missed it. You say that, but I know you have. Because you've never been like, messaging me like, Bill, we need to record something different you've literally said keep it well it, it's here's, great you know what we'll bring it up,
1: i'll bring it up post-podcast but no we, bring it up now we're okay. friends here we were supposed to do a new version of it do you remember this
0: mm, i mean i don't remember what i had for lunch today but okay we uh Tommy? We spoke to someone yeah shit yeah we did all right we'll talk to him later i'll have to review Was that
1: recorded? There. or did you end the recording when we were talking about that i have
0: no idea I have no All right. idea. Like I, if, we'll I could, to, if I can we'll remember to to what I had for lunch, guys. I can't remember what I talked to Tommy Siegel about. Besides the fact, hey, Tommy Siegel, great guest. Great guest. He's got a new album out. Go check him out on Spotify. And he's got a book coming out, too. Go pre-order his book. Oh, um, I think yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we're talking about music and time quarantine. Of course, the songs that we're totally – or albums or artists we're totally digging at this time. Alicia, our esteemed guest, your hair is still looking great on this podcast. As mine has gone about 10 feet high on, right now. What is your recommendation for everybody?
2: Um, only because it's so fresh in my mind. I honestly had such a hard time um picking a song um for this because I, I really haven't been listening to any new like new music. Yeah. I know like, like the gorillas is doing they're doing something interesting with the whole song machine kind of radio a few show. Times in the past. Yeah, I, it's like at this point that's just cheating, right? Like <laughs> I can't keep spamming gorillas as my musical choice all the time, um, because really it's just like you know it's pretty much every artist now at that point. Um, I am like obsessed with this this track I heard at, on um, last night's Lovecraft Country. Um, it's called Lonely World by Moses Sumney. And Al, I know you didn't watch Lovecraft Country yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything. The, the but... music
0: in it in the series. Is it, so awesome.
2: It, it, it's just so fun to like. It 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 goes from like just music of the decade that it represents to like Rihanna. And, yeah, to Rihanna to like fucking Marilyn Manson like twice. Oh yeah, um,
0: so problematic yeah. that choice too. Um, um, I think was it was it in the fourth episode they played Manson. He
2: they a, played in the God it? I can not want to say it, it was anybody. a cover. Well, they played Killian. They played "Killing Strangers," and then that was the first Manson track they dropped, and I think that was episode two.
0: Yeah, but uh, gonna...
2: yeah, two. And then they did um, his cover of I, "I Put a Spell on You." Um, oh
0: yeah, that's on that's in episode three. Yeah, whoa, which yes. makes sense. We're not going to roll for Al, but yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like this uh, this post Korean War series, it'll just be like be playing like uh, especially Letty's sister. Like her live stuff is just like so good. And then it's just like, oh, yeah. here's Rihanna, like, pay me my money, bitch. And it's just like, and it works. It so works,
2: right? And and the the oh my god, I really want to spoil it so bad, but I know, um, I know Michael K. Williams, who is just a phenomenal actor, oh. and like like HBO's Golden Boy. Um,
0: if you don't know who that is, he was Chalky White in Boardwalk Empire. And he would. Oh, I forgot. Fuck, I forgot his name in The Wire. But he was like a massive player in The Wire.
2: Yeah, um, was in Moonlight.
0: I don't know if he was in Moonlight. No, 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 no. You're thinking of uh, no, no. He was not in Moonlight.
2: Was um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna. I'm trying to like now. I'm trying to confirm <laughs> if I imagine that or not. Um. So um yeah there, it's just just a fantastic just out of kind of nowhere scene that has Mahershala
0: like, Ali was in movie oh he my was God. he was in the third season of True Detective
2: um it just uh yeah it's just a great like kind of quiet scene that you know out of out of context it's just it's just a was a beautifully made scene and um Man, Al, I wish you watched it because I want to uh, spoil. I haven't so seen the last
0: bad. episode, so no spoil for me.
2: Yeah, it's just a very sincere, just emotional scene, and um, once again, just kind of like this left field song that, like, you don't expect to be in a show that's supposed to be set in the 1950s.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's it's so. Uh, just say the uh, the track and the artist one more time.
2: Um, it is called Lonely World by an artist called uh, Moses, uh, an artist named Moses Sumney, and uh, it's not new. It's it's from an I think he he has an album from 2017, and I think he has a recent album from 2019. The, I was.
0: What's the vibe on it? Is it uh, more of like in tune with the times? Is it rock, hip hop? What what do we got?
2: Oh, it's no. It's a very like a dancey, um, disco-y song, but it just starts off very quiet. Yeah. I,
0: now I'm really interested to see where that plays in the episode because that's not something they've done a lot in the series so yes. far. So that's very cool.
2: And I think I think also kind of just going back to Lovecraft Country for a second and oh, like the yeah, musical dude. choices. As you should. Like, you know, I, I, I think if we're going to explore uh, a decade um, that is riddled with horrible rampant, you know, racism and violence, yes. um, we need to stop kind of positioning it and positing it as if it was a million years ago and because it wasn't when you really think about it um it's very recent and i think a good way of doing that is kind of like you know positing or or, like interjecting like the music that you know us young millennials can relate to on an emotional level i
0: i agree i mean like you're looking at this you're looking at this this series i mean you're talking like post-korean wars you're talking like mid to late 50s, early uh, early 60s where, you know, you have the Courtney B. Vance, and this is not a spoiler, Courtney B. Vance character writing a green book. Like, that. this was not that long ago. You know, that they're doing this. And, you know, so where people, and people don't know what a green book is. I mean, you, there was an Oscar winning film about this, of course, very problematic in itself. Uh, you know, he's writing a guidebook on where black people in America can go and be safe. I mean, and that's the sad reality. And it, it's also, they're dealing with sexism at the same time because you look at the Letty character, which is not a spoiler in any way, and she's referred to as girl. She's not referred to as her real name. She's always like, oh, we have, she, they try and treat her as the damsel in distress, yet she's the strongest character in the show, you know? And Journey Small Bell is kills in this show. She is this show, in my opinion. Without her, it's not as good. But all right, so that's your pick. And Al, what is your music pick for this week that I'm sure I'm going to be like, bro?
1: Oh, man, you are definitely going to. Um, I don't think I mentioned it on the pod. I, it must have been a week where we didn't do the segment, so I must have uh, missed it. A few weeks, yeah. But I I, uh, I got a new car, which was uh, oh, awesome. Congratulations. And man, thank you so much. I, I didn't post about it, and I totally forgot to tell you. But I got a new car. And it uh, comes with three months of uh, Sirius uh, XM. And uh, so I'm starting to listen to a little bit of uh, a little Nation And uh, the new uh, song from Phoenix called Identical, uh, which is... Uh, of course yeah, it's Phoenix. Like
0: gotta, contractually obligated to talk about this band. Every time.
1: Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands ever. One of the best bands to see live. I've said this millions of times. You can see my uh, photo reviews of their... Um, their... Their show in Brooklyn. Uh Brooklyn um, Steel. I'm trying to remember what. Brooklyn Steel. Yeah. And then Tiamo. also they did, yeah, uh, the yeah, the uh, that was from the Tiamo Tour. And then uh, also from the Tiamatour, I got to shoot him twice during the tour. Um, was uh, in Philly as well. At the um, Bill, can't I can't do this. Ooh, to, t- uh
0: me. Union Transfer Fillmore. at the Fillmore. Fillmore. Uh, sorry,
1: take me a second. But yeah, so identical. Um they, the the great thing about Phoenix and the the horrible thing also is um, their albums are uh, masterpieces. Usually, the last couple specifically, uh, fuck you. And uh, <laughs> I did the specific- eh, maybe emotion, no. Just to piss they they out straight off. up are phenomenal, and uh, they take a long time in between. I think about like roughly three years uh, to come out with a new album. But uh, Sophia Coppola has a new movie on, uh, coming out with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones called On the Rocks. Yeah. And out? it just so happens that Sofia Coppola is either married to or uh, has been in a long term relationship with uh, the lead singer of Phoenix for uh, a number of years. like I think over a decade uh, at this point. And uh, so uh, Phoenix provided uh, the a song for the soundtrack, which it's a I believe it's a Netflix film, too, on the rocks. Um, but, yeah, it's really good. It's like. Exactly what you would want to hear from them. Um, You can tell that it's... uh, You can tell it's, like, a Phoenix song, but not necessarily, like... She is married to Thomas Mars in Phoenix. Yeah, Thomas Mars. So you can tell it's, like, a very, like, Phoenix uh, of, of, like, the Tiamo and bankrupt Arab. But it doesn't sound like anything, like, different, meaning, I don't know if... Maybe this was something that they had planned on tiamo and it was like a bonus track i just don't know if this is like something that's gonna be on the next album i think it might just be a one-off single but it's really good really catchy uh, i think it's like number eight on uh, alt nation right now uh i really dig it uh really upbeat phoenix like especially with like something like tiamo if you're ever having like a really bad shitty day like put on tiamo that 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 album will like light you up uh, Christian, who uh, was on the pod a few weeks ago... On the
0: Corn Sweats an, episode.
1: Yeah, wrote an amazing, amazing review of Tiamo uh, on com, which you can check out uh, as well. But yeah, uh, it's uh, identical from Phoenix. Bill, what do you have?
0: Uh, I'm uh, Well, since I live in New Jersey and we run a site based in New Jersey, by law, I am... Uh, Obligated to talk about the new single from Bruce Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, "Letter to You." Uh, now, this was originally uh, dropped on Spotify just as Bruce Springsteen, but if you watch the video, the whole E Street Band is involved in this show. Uh, sorry, in this song, and uh, I reviewed Western Stars, which is literally like Bruce's, you know, not a country record, but like you know, country used to be called country western this is what that was his western album that was his very cinematically sounding or you know you get the mental picture of the the dirt roads the underdeveloped towns out in that you know kind of desert area and while an interesting concept wasn't exactly a home run of a record in my opinion uh, this song kind of borrows some of that twangy guitar sound and mixes it with what makes the East Street band so good no saxophone in this one but Really love it. One of the better Bruce songs I've heard in quite a few years. Uh, I was late to Bruce for a long time. You know, my dad hated Bruce Springsteen. He's just like, he sucks. Can't sing. So never listened to him. But I got to listen to, you know, decades of doo-wop music with people singing falsetto. So thanks, Dad. Um, but, yeah, the new Bruce song is, is good, man. If you're an old school Bruce fan, you're going to love this one. If you're more you're newer to the game like me... Uh, just a really great song, great lyrics, just classic E Street uh, Bruce, and I'm looking forward to an E Street record, man. Like like I said, Western Star Wars was just okay, you know, so let's get some E Street stuff back, and let's get some positivity in the world, so I'm I'm all in on the new Bruce. I also checked out the new uh, song from Spoon, which was pretty cool, so um, check that out, and again, like I said, Tommy Siegel got a new record out. Check him out. So this is a segment I've really been looking forward to because I really want to hear Alicia's takes uh, for the watch list. Uh, Alicia, what show have you been watching and uh, you know, making sure you're very hydrated while watching it?
2: Okay. So 2020, I think, is just... Let me just say, once again, same thing like music. I'm not watching too many new things, listening to too many new things, because there aren't any new things anymore, except Lovecraft Country, um, which I will love to always talk about so if you ever do have a lovecraft country uh episode definitely let me know
0: probably but, on our tv break i'll, I'll bring it
2: out um but i have been watching hannibal for the first time yes ever. Yes, and and I and let me just say I did not finish season one yet. I'm almost done. I literally like watched set, like five episodes today, like five or seven episodes today. I got up like really early too, and I was like, I'm gonna have a productive day. Let me just watch one episode of nope. Animal with my morning coffee. That first um, that
0: first season, man. That first, that first season gets you.
2: And two takeaways. One, like this was an NBC show and it's like question mark it was point, it... um it, it, it's it's two it's it's kind of dumb right it's like a really dumb police procedural it's all over the place it can't decide whether or not it wants to be like a serious like artsy crime drama or are we just going to be a police procedural i it's so, like it's like
0: so i will say that by end of season one beginning of season two the decision is made to be artsy for okay. sure um, and yes this did air on nbc it was a thursday night at 10 o'clock show it got moved to fridays then got moved to Saturdays. it got moved because like people there was an audience for it, but it was it's so walks the borderline of tv 14 tv ma like this should have been on hbo pretty much um, but yeah, no, it moved around a lot. And the finale actually aired on cozy, which is an NBC sub channel because it aired. They were, <laughs> they were burning off episodes. I'm telling, ta- I'm serious. I, Cause I watched the finale, me and Matt Taylor and Aaron Sarnacki, And by the way, go check out the anniversary brothers podcast. They just did a, a Hannibal podcast, um, which is now on pop break TV on Spotify. Um, uh, the summer they were burning off the rest of the season during the summer and the Summer Olympics was happening. And so they couldn't air it on NBC, so they just shoved it over to Cozy for like the last two or three weeks. Cozy, which is known for just airing old sitcoms like Barney Miller and um the Munsters, they aired the finale in the US on Cozy for three for two to three weeks, yeah.
2: Wow!
0: I was there, wow. man. I was there. What
2: a, what a, wow! What an insulting way to like end a show. Dude. Oh, at like, the ouch. end
0: of the show, which I'm not even going to spoil. Alicia, you will sit there when you get to that ending. You will be like, "How the hell was this not on TV? Regular How? TV? It was so good."
2: dare they sit daddy mads um at, aka mads mickelson um in in the corner like nobody puts baby in the corner and they cornered him on cozy ew um but yeah Hannibal um thirst trap as the kids the say these days show of right all like time. so much like sexy business casual wear um so
0: it, gets, it gets crazy as the seasons go by, it gets thirstier and hornier.
2: Oh my god! Between
0: so many characters, and, and it's yes. this show is built for you.
2: Yes, everyone just everyone is just so smoochable. Everyone just wants to smooch everybody and and just just do all the smooching.
0: <laughs> oh, so much, so. Um, much.
2: And I just love I just love Mads Mikkelsen. Not yes, he's he's a he's a very handsome man. I understand, but he is just a phenomenal actor. And he was also in Death Stranding, the Hideo Kojima video game. And, That's um, right. Yes, yes was it the was. One with Norman Reeves? Yes, <laughs> and like like and like Gil, uh, Guillermo del Toro and Refn himself and
0: <laughs> Refn's in that one. That's yes, crazy. In it,
2: yes, yeah, it's 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 a fucking bonkers video game um but uh yeah and fun fact Hannibal is kind of six degrees separated-ish from Killing Eve not in any kind of production sense but Mads Mikkelsen was in I think it was a movie trilogy or maybe TV series no I think it's a movie trilogy called Pusher and it was directed by Refn and it has um Const- the actor who plays Constantine, um, on Killing yeah. Eve, the co-stars with a a shave-headed Mads Mikkelsen who looks like he sells meth in the
0: movie. Which funny <laughs> is that? Here, I'll, I'll blow your mind a little bit more with a little bit more of a deep cut. So Hugh Dancy, who plays Will Graham, and Mads Mikkelsen starred together. And the Antoine Fuqua directed King Arthur, starring Clive Owen and Kira Knightley, which I obviously own on DVD.
2: Wow, I have not who, thought of that. Movie. Who
0: else has been in that movie? Joel Edgerton.
2: Wait, you mean the guy who directed Training Day directed the Clive Owen yep. King Arthur movie? Wow.
0: Joel Edgerton, who is now like the the darling of the world. He he was in that. Uh, Ray Stevenson, who was the Punisher and who's done some others. I think uh, Black Sails, he was in the other guys. He was in that. I guess cure like Keira Knightley, Stellan Skarsgård's in that. Uh, the guy who played Hugo Stiglitz in *Inglorious Bastards is in it. There is quite the... Um, so you've seen the movie, right? You've seen the King Arthur movie?
2: I mean, not for years. So
0: remember the... So remember the bald guy who played like I don't know if he was the Pope or he was like a, some sort of religious figure he was a real shithead he is actually in the Hannibal movie with Anthony Hopkins and Ray Liotta and Julianne Moore so just a tying it all together because I was watching that, it was out, wow. Hannibal is always on BBC America and I was watching it like the, the movie and I was like holy shit that's that guy from the King Arthur movie and I'm like oh my god so many people from the King Arthur movie are in Hannibal the, the um, tv show and you haven't even got to further seasons where there is a massive guest star and cameo from the world of sci-fi that you will be over the moon for is
2: I, it gillian anderson because i got there already
0: oh fuck okay yeah gillian so yeah, gillian, gillian i said gillian, gillian oh anderson god. yeah gillian. who gets gillian
2: who, <laughs> how dare i <laughs>
0: how dare you um how who gets her role just gets in season two and three. Oh my god much better
2: yeah this show once again
0: thirst so for people who don't know this show is actually produced by Brian Fuller who did American Gods so
2: makes sense yeah so if you and And
0: pushing daisies pushing daisies wonderful so if you like his aesthetic and you've never seen Hannibal he applies that to a with a very violent filter to the Hannibal Lecter um, show Lawrence Fishburne's in this as well Amazing. His wife is in this film who is now ex-wife playing his wife in the show. Um, yeah, there is a lot of great visuals and they go deep. They get into Red Dragon eventually. This is a spoiler. It's just like, that's the third season is Red Dragon. and They really go deep and they they um, it really goes to some very violent sexy places. Let me tell you that.
2: My favorite sub, sub-genre film violent sexy places
0: <laughs> speaking of violent and sexy places as we go to al's murder basement what's your recommendation for uh for this episode
1: oh man it's more uh, a bloody murder and uh, also some hilarity comedy uh it is the boys season two Ah, i haven't even finished season yes. one amazon prime uh basically one of their best shows um in terms of just like originality um you, you have uh, produced by uh seth rogan evan goldberg um the uh, adaptation of both the um i want to get this right because i'm going to get it wrong it was a dynamite book first and then started being published by another uh company i'm going to get that wrong i'm going to do a fact check in about a second anyway uh great cast stars uh carl urban Uh, If you're not watching the boys already, I really don't want to go too deep into it. uh, But basically, um, it's a it's a world present day with uh, superheroes living amongst us. But they aren't like in hiding. They are world famous. There's the the, they're called the seven, which is the the seven of them who are like the Justice League. And um, they are um, the inspiration for all the big movies and TV shows. And they are. Um, not just the superheroes, but there are the celebrity celebrities that people worship. Just like if it would happen in real life, if there was a real Superman or a Batman. Um, but the real fun part is uh, all the superheroes in the seven are just giant assholes, um, in, including the basically the Superman of them, Homelander,
0: who deserves all the awards. Um,
1: the played actor,
0: by uh, Anthony Starr, who oh started one of my favorite cult like under-the-radar crime dramas, Banshee, which I aired... fucking
1: love Banshee, and thank you for just <laughs> making me like now think, oh my god,
0: that's why I love this guy. You know why? Holy Cause... fuck. Hey, Alicia, so I Banshee, if you've never seen oh. it... It's, it's a Cinemax.
2: A... It was a Cinemax thing, right? Oh yeah, god. but it was like, a run-and-gun... Like, Cinemax gun. actually makes shows. Um... It, <laughs> was...
0: it was Banshee. about a bank robber who gets out of jail or jailbreaks or something ends up in basically Amish country and somehow, by hook or by crook, ends up being the sheriff of the town, a town his ex-wife lives in, and the Amish mob boss they have in there. It is fucking insane. The producers, I used to review it, the producers loved us because we were like one of the few sites that would review the show. It, it's such a good running I gun action show. I can't believe I did
1: not piece that together. He is like beyond amazing. And I also think it's he's just Australian like,
0: by the
1: way. Yeah. What if, what if Superman was like a, like a, a, a sociopath, a dick. like that's the concept. Right. And so basically Carl uh, Urban has a team of people um, who are trying to expose the superheroes for what they really are. Selfish assholes who are murderers basically. Um, and it's it's so well made, and it's great, and it's just like a, a like a perfect adaptation of uh, it's a, I believe it's a Garth Ennis series. It's a yes. Garth Ennis series, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the boys, uh, season two. Um, you will plow through season one unless you're Bill, and then uh, you're gonna just uh, I jump watched right the
0: in. First three episodes. I apologize.
1: Season two gets crazier, uh, if that's even possible after watching season one. But just remember. Uh, Anthony Starr um, as Homelander is um, amazing. He's so good in it. Um,
0: Bill. I, like Alicia, have not watched anything new besides uh, Lovecraft Country, although I have to watch a new show that aired on HBO tonight after this podcast for a podcast I'm doing for the TV section that's done by Luca Guadagnino. Uh, who did uh, Call Me By Your Name, which we've referenced already, starting Timothy Chalamet. And uh, my wife has started a re binge for the, either the second or third time during quarantine of New Girl, uh, a show that is just so goddamn funny every time I watch it. Uh, Nick Miller, played by Jake Johnson, is a cultural um, icon. He's a hero. Not all heroes wear capes, but some of them have really. Just don't shave and are drunk a lot so i take a lot of inspiration from that um it's just a really i think it's sometimes very underrated show uh because it was on fox for a number of years but it was never like lauded as this great comedy but it was it's just fucking hilarious um the whole cast i remember the original marketing was just like zoe deschanel she's adorkable they were adorkable I'm surprised anyone watched the show after that marketing word because it was fucking terrible. But, and also Zoe Deschanel, such a time capsule of the hipster movement of 2005 to 2010. But anyway, it's a really fun show. It's a quick watch. There's a number of seasons to it, but also it's like, it's a Fox sitcom. So it's probably like a 15 to 20 minute episode. So definitely check it out, New Girl. I just love it. Al, I know you you're a big fan of the show. You're a little bit like Schmidt and Nick Miller combined. I thank you. That's a weird. You are end, both of them. Weird
1: and offensive compliment. Um, it's not
0: offensive because you're fastidious weird, and a fucking mess at the same time.
1: Weird, accurate, and offensive comment. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love New Girl. New Girl is great, um, and it kind of goes through these like weird blips and changes that people, you know, some people are not a fan of like yeah. certain arcs and things like that, but also. There are some great arcs too, with like Schmidt becomes the villain, things like that. Um, yeah, season think, one
0: and change is a definite change, like for Nick. and yeah, Winston, I mean, they definitely the, characters
1: they had the same uh, they had the same problem as Cougar Town. They're like, all right, we've outgrown our title within a one episode. What do we do now? Oh, and then there was sucked. like talks. There was talks of like changing the title of of that show of New Girl as well. And it's just like it never made sense, but whatever. Um, it was such a great show though. Uh, great cast. And uh, it's funny though, outside of um, outside of Jake Johnson, Winnie the Bish is the one who's
0: having like a really nice second career. I, well, you never forgot Schmidt. has got a he's got a solid CBS sitcom. And it's second season now. When you say solid, do it's you mean still there? anyone
1: watches it? You know, people watch the it's show. It's on
0: CBS, so that means it's got at least. It's probably produced by Chuck Lorre, so it's got like a five year run at least. Probably. Uh, um, yeah, Zoe Deschanel's you know doing the and him" thing. Yeah, she hasn't done too much.
1: Quiet.
0: Uh, but yeah, Winnie the Bish. He's in the new series Woke. Uh, he mm-hmm. was in what Bloodshot? Uh, game night. Game. Oh. Game Night, there's a... Uh, Alicia, if you've never seen Game Night, run, don't walk.
2: Game Night as in, like, the... The movie. Comedy with, Jason um, Bateman. Jason yeah. Bateman and Adams. Wait, that was good? Yeah. <laughs> I Dude, and Like so my,
0: my wife was like, I want to see this movie, and I was just like, oh, this movie is going to suck. And I walked out of that, and I'm like, that movie was friggin' incredible. It's like... Mm-hmm. It goes to places you don't expect. Yeah. It's way funnier. It's got really good car chase sequences, like, yeah. better than most action movies and of today's era. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Jesse Plemons, oh, my God. Jesse I was just going to say, steals, he, he, steals. he crushes it. Yeah, Funny it,
2: enough is I I saw like 75% of game night in a like with no sound on in a hospital. <laughs> I was like, oh hmm. uh, like hmm. You definitely like... <laughs> need
0: some of the dialogue for sure. Some would say all of the dialogue. I would say most of the dialogue, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's almost kind of necessary for a a, a, medium, yeah. a medium that involves sound and uh, I, visuals.
0: Yeah, that is, that's such a good game. That's such a good movie. It's so wildly underrated. I don't think I've met a person yet who's watched it and was like, that movie sucked. Like Everyone's just like, I can't believe that was actually good. Because you watch that trailer, the trailer's just so generic.
1: Oh yeah, and then the, I think a big issue too is um, right around the same time Bateman was coming out with these like kind of like one-off shitty comedies, including You're Office right. Christmas Party, which I did see in theaters, which sucked. I saw it in
0: theaters and I adore it. It's so bad, it's good. It's just a oh, fucking ridiculous prompt. Really I didn't like that at Bullshit. all. Game Night, however, is like exquisite. It's a it's great cool. movie. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, New Girl's New Girl, like Jake, John- like Jake Johnson is basically like Nick Miller has just grown in status as a thing like people describe themselves as nick miller laura dengrove former podcast guest of this uh former guest on this podcast i should say described her boyfriend that i met she's like here's my southern nick miller and i'm just like i can see it i can see it but that that's that's how it is at least she's like i know exactly who that is." i know exactly yes <laughs> but yeah new girl definitely check it out it's on netflix uh, definitely worth your time. It's it's like it's a very fun show for the hellscape we currently live in. Now, Alfie, wouldn't mind uh, marking out of time on this one. We are going to get into a glimmer of hope. Originally, in this this segment, we were going to talk about Rick Moranis coming out of acting retirement, doing the Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. However, we decided on the podcast, screw it, we're not doing it. We're talking about Fast and Furious in space. This is something that needed to happen. Al, you brought this up. Take it away. Get behind the wheel. Drive us home.
1: Uh, Hold on. Let me get my corona. Um, I absolutely adore the Fast and Furious uh, franchise uh, i've been with it since the beginning uh you know the
0: first so would you three say you're movies. ride or die with the franchise oh i am Which totally right in die. essence a point break ripoff okay cool
1: yeah i am totally ride or die the, i mean the first the first two movies i remember i well i remember seeing i think the first three in theaters and i i loved the first one because it was like what 2001 like I was a little kid, like Ugh. cars were everything. I was way too young to have seen that movie. Um, I just remember like these were just like, ah, eh, cool. They're one off like, like, you know, racing movies. And the second one was just nonsense. And the third one was, I think it's trash. I don't know Is why. Tokyo people, Drift? Yeah. People love Tokyo Drift and say like, it's the best one. You're out of your fucking mind. Because little not, bow-wows in it. No,
0: just That's bow-wow. not the reason. That guy, that, sure. guy, that guy who's in it, that league guy, Tokyo Drifts on that CSI New Orleans now.
1: He is, yeah. I know that. Uh, the fourth one, also bad. So it's like this... I, I, I gave up. I remember watching the fourth one like on DVD, like maybe renting it at Blockbuster or something, and I'm like, this... Ah, eh, whatever. Which one was the they're fourth done. one? They're done. I don't know why they're doing this. I mean, cool, they brought back you know Dom Toretto, whatever. Then Fast Five came out, and they brought The Rock, and it changed the motherfucking game. Like... These movies became straight-up superhero movies, and they are amazing. Was Kurt Russell uh, in that one? No, he is in Fast... Uh, all right, so the, the titling is so weird, but Fast Five introduces The Rock, um, the, the Rock's character, and then the sixth one, which I think is just called Fur- uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, it's just I think it's just called Fast and Furious, which is weird, but it's the sixth one. That introduces Kurt Russell.
0: Well, there you go. Yes. So anyway, the these garages. movies are
1: amazing. Me and Alicia absolutely adore these movies. They're so, 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 so good. Uh, some of the best, craziest action. Um, you got two phenomenal directors who uh, who did it. It was uh, Justin Lin who did uh, three, he did three, four, five. And then someone takes over for six and seven. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look this
0: up. Anyway, hmm. but anyway. Regardless. They're
2: um, all blending into together at this
0: point. Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't God. seen yes. all of them, uh, to be honest with you, but I did see Hobbs and Shaw. And that uh, movie... Oh, James Wan. Sorry,
1: James Wan. So yeah. James okay. Wan directed... Yes. He directed six and seven. Right. So anyway, they're, they're crazy. Like Some of the best action sequences like outside of the Mission Impossible franchise oh. you will see ever are in these movies. They just... Constantly you're trying to like one up the next film with like just amazing action set pieces and just like just some of the most bro moments you'll ever see on screen. There has been a running joke within the The franchise.
0: The world. The
1: world. Literally the world. Not within the movies. It's never mentioned once. But like they always – we always talked about as fans like where are they going to do next? Like what are they – what could they possibly do next? And like everyone would always say – space. And it was a joke. Like, no one's going to drift cars in space. Yes, we fucking will. Yes, we will. Because that's what's happening. Apparently... Is this
0: F9 uh, we're
1: talking about? This is... uh, This is F9, because I yeah, forgot. So yeah, so, for people who don't know what F9's
0: straight. about, this is the Wikipedia entry. Dom Toretto and his family, because they're a family, guys, must right. face Dominic's younger brother, Jacob, with a K, played by... John Cena, John Cena. <laughs> a deadly assassin who is working with their old enemy, Cypher, Charlie is there on, yep. and who holds a personal vendetta against Dominic, because of course he does. Of course so, he does. So, um, I they're going to be in fucking space. <laughs> dude,
1: the trailer looked phenomenal. I mean... Was there a trailer? I mean... Oh, yeah. Of course there was a trailer, because they showed that Han's alive. Alicia, jump in here. You got. You got to jump in. I, I want to hear thoughts because I, I can talk like, about this all day.
2: Like, of course, they're going to go to fucking space. Like, so there. There's one or two things. that Well, actually, there's three things. Which, if, if we can get about my dream idea, which, please, if somebody is listening, you're more than welcome to steal it and please turn it into a movie. Well, there was a couple of years ago. Um, uh. uh some writer and fan, um, I think maybe stand-up comedian, wrote a spec script about them going back in time to fight and race against Hitler. So, and, and it, like, gained a lot of traction. Like, he would do, like, touring, like, table reads at, like, bars and, like, comedy clubs and stuff, and to the point where he actually got a cease and desist letter. So, I, I mean, like, there, there, it was going to be one of two things, right? They were going to go to space. Or they were going to go back in time, or here's a pitch: they cross it over with the dark universe, and um, they have a drift race against Dracula. Oh my god! Um, I
0: was thinking, I'm like, they end up on Skull Island, and it's going to be amazing.
2: But no, it's I'm I'm excited, and honestly, like I want, The reality is, is. I mean, I, I think people are expecting something funny. Like, they're going to be drifting like moon rovers, <laughs> like in low gravity. Um, but I'm, pro- I'm sure it's probably going to be something closer to like some Red Bull esque, like, yeah. they just get to the stratosphere and like parachute a car down or something.
0: <laughs> I, I know ever so, since I watched Hobbs and Shaw and The Rock, the best, took. Uh, uh basically like just basically did like a, a lat incline pull with a helicopter and threw it into the ground. Yep. Nothing is off limits. No. Like they're
1: superheroes. They, they are superheroes. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm just I'm I it's the, the like I haven't watched all the fast movies, but like when I watch Hobson show up, like ninety nine percent of it, I'm just like this is the dumbest and best shit I've ever seen. And god damn it they're living their lives a quarter par second at a time. In Furious 7, in Furious 7, there is a scene
1: where Letty is thrown out of a car and the way that Dom rescues her is crashes a car, goes out of the windshield, I'm pretty sure this happened, out of the windshield, grabs her, going like a million miles per hour. So just picture like you know, this is this is Letty. This is Dom just flying. Audio podcast. Gra- I know, I know this. Grabs her and then lands safely, smashing into another car. Both perfectly fine. Wasn't there also they a submarine chase? Fucking, of course there was. Yeah, it was
2: great. That was that the, was, the
1: that one was in where fate,
2: they... That was in yes, Fate of the
1: Furious, yeah. Yes,
2: yes, they yeah, stopped
1: like a nuclear attack. Yeah. you know because they literally the have a race on a I've... submarine. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so in.
2: That's Give the movie where Charlize face. Theron literally makes it rain cars.
1: She do- oh. yes, Oh, that's a great movie. I kind of want to go. I'm gonna, anything, I'm gonna leave right now. I'm gonna watch. Any, this.
2: Anything that could you you could think of like like that particular one was the most Fast and Furious movie in the sense like anything you can do with a car, anything that was car themed, they yeah. did like. Fuck it! Let's make it literally rain cars. How have um, they
0: not done a, a, a Transformers crossover? They're gonna
2: well, they're they're gonna get into Gundams, right? Like this. Oh, don't tease this, me. They're just gonna going to get it. into a Gundam Jason seat.
0: Statham and The Rock and Gundams is like a dream for me. A, a, A
1: few years ago, um, I don't know if they still do this, but they were pretty good at it. Like every other year, every year they would do one. But every other year they would do like a really, really big one was IGN would for April Fool's do some elaborate April Fool's joke. Right. And the one that they did a few years back was um, a trailer for um, a Fast and the Furious movie. And it was uh, it was Dom. I believe in the Delorean, and it was called Fast to the Future. Yes, I remember this. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, just that'd be great. Like they they said like the tenth one they should do time travel. I think even Alicia just mentioned that too. Like, yeah, like that's
2: so, somebody like, already delicious. wrote a script for it. Do <laughs> it. It was like, good enough to get a season tosis letter.
1: <laughs> do it, do it. Like that, I, I'm in for that. But I'm so excited for this movie, regardless. Like, I, I yeah, really even want if to see me, you.
0: Like, alicia's Brief like limbs of spikes dark universe monster races
2: like here here he, he, imagine this imagine this Wait, everybody go because okay. i have something to like know. like like this is my like it put me in a boardroom full of a bunch of coked out hollywood directors and this is my pitch um or producers whatever however hollywood works um is imagine this opening scene like there's a dracula death cult that is trying to resurrect Dracula. So they steal his tomb out of some, like, I don't know, desert landscape, kind of like that really shitty, Bl- that third Blade movie. Um, and they're transporting him in an armored, like, 18-wheeler truck full of, like, the death cult, like, vampire mercenaries. Um, and they have, like, a fucking race where it's, like, Dominic Toretto is totally, like, brone out with, like, Frankenstein, played by Aaron Eckhart. (laughs) Um,
0: Yes! Because he was in that shitty Frankenstein movie. (laughs) Yes,
2: yes. Because Letty got bit by a vampire, um, and they need to, like, kill Dracula so she doesn't turn into a vampire, and they literally have, like, a fight-slash-chase Mad Max-style with vampire mercenaries on an 18-wheeler. At um, At at night, Tom Cruise gets his, it shows up with his mummy powers. Uh, come on, come on. Benito like, del
0: Toro's in there as the wolf, man. He's helping well, the rock. I'm, after they beat the shit out of each other. I now want to just like do a complete like offset of
1: just everything Fast and Furious and like my like coked up like go into a board meeting for, for like movie executives would be like, all right. I want to do a realistic, gritty reboot of Wacky Races. You've met... Yeah. You
0: were obsessed with Wacky Races. I feel like it's the fifth time you've mentioned this on this podcast. Wacky Races is the shit. I think it's owned by a Universe. Oh, that's Warner, though. That's Warner. It's meeting. Warner, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, so good. Make it happen. I want um, to see that.
2: Yeah, you mean Death Race with Jason Statham? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, give me Death Race, but with all the Hanna-Barbera characters.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. They're definitely I'm... in like a CG dog with the, oh, the cool. dog that, like, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, what's his name? The rock is stagoplus. And he's like, Hey, cause it stays left. They kill great. somebody, um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, it's <laughs> great. I mean, I mean, listen, we could be here for movement... like five hours talking about their shit. Just do a shit. If pitches, we were, if right. we were hammered right now,
1: we oh, would yeah.
0: never stop.
1: For sure. I agree. Um, but yeah, let's just uh, really quickly wrap on on, on Fast Nine, uh, Fast, in Fast in
0: Space.
1: Fast in Space. Please listen. Even if it's a glimmer, a little glimmer of them in space, I'm in. But I'm so excited for this film, regardless. I mean, this this is one of the like one of the reasons I'm upset that we don't get any of these movies this year. Is man, I really want to see, uh, you know, how how they remotely explain how Han is alive. I mean I I really just want to know. Uh, any, any
0: goddamn theories like what? Well because they, because they, they used the same and technology they, they used on Idris Selva.
2: Yeah, like So they he's Asian Superman. Yeah, they cloned him or yeah, they did like some like we can rebuild him like million dollar man like kind of shit. Like yeah, like they're going to they're going to clone him, right?
0: He was bitten by Dracula, so now he's immortal, but he's a daywalker, so we're going to bring Blade into it. It's a whole thing.
2: And then Gal Gadot shows up as Wonder Woman, but, like, she's not quite Wonder Woman. This is what she's been doing, like, in the, between the decades of, like, <laughs> Justice League and I Wonder just, Woman 84. She's I just truly, been moonlighting. <laughs> I
1: truly hate that, like, the women in this franchise just get shafted so badly because Gal Gadot's character was fantastic I, and you she know. was in it from she was in it from uh four. from the fourth one uh, yeah uh, four through four through like six i believe yeah, the
2: fourth one was basically like the marker of like hey we're kind of soft rebooting it yeah yeah it was
1: like a shitty soft reboot because five yeah. was, like, five was the full reboot
2: five yeah. was the one that had the the, the the bank vault scene through brazil where they definitely killed a lot of innocent people
1: they, they murdered <laughs> They murdered so many people. So,
2: like, like genocide—arguably genocide levels of people walking through for the, the streets for, of, the, for the
1: sake of for yeah. the sake of money and cars. They just yeah. killed
2: and family. Oh, and family. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, no, I'm 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 in. Like. Give me more of these. And I'm so glad that they're starting to spin and spin off. And like, I think they're going to, they were in talks of doing like an all female. Yeah. Spin off too, which is genius. Like make it happen. Like I love those characters wow. in it. And that's a good way to bring back uh Gal Gadot char- uh, character, J- Giselle. Um, yeah. Make her the villain. Make her the villain. Like I, you know, they've, they I've heard it on podcasts too. Like they will bring, and, and we've seen it literally. Statham's the bad guy. In, uh... Five. Seven. No. Seven. Okay. Seven. And then he becomes a good guy the following film. And now he's in Hobbs and Shaw, and he's literally uh, a, an action star. Like, yeah. he's the bad guy in one movie, and becomes a good guy. Idris was gonna be the same thing. Like, mm. they're gonna just set it up. They set it up. They did.
2: Kind of set it up a little bit. And, and, and... He didn't die. Giselle, arguably, like, a double agent yeah in the fourth movie yeah. and kind of just like randomly decided to join their team like you know what I mean like she didn't have any reason to at the end of four no, like
0: definitely not, <laughs> An did, not. Like, did, did, did uh, give me to more show Ryan Reynolds
1: in it I would love to see that. I want to spin off with Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart make it happen.
2: a, a question make it happen. And, 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 and if I'm totally missing this my bad but did Eva did, did Eva Mendez ever show back up?
1: In the Fast and Furious franchise, is Eva Mendez. In it, Yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, she does. She she <laughs> yeah, she, she, she makes a cameo at the end of the fifth one, setting up the sixth one.
2: Wow, they br- yeah. literally brought everyone back. Uh
1: huh, uh huh. Because yeah, they brought Bow Wow back too. They brought Bow Wow and the other one. Yeah, no, they. Um, she is the one who tells. She goes uh, to to the Rocks. character, to to Hobbs? Do you believe in ghosts? And shows the file, and it's Letty because Letty supposedly died in the fourth one and then you figure out that she's actually oh still alive God. yeah yeah, yes yeah it's the best franchise ever I, i've I've taken everything I said about anything else I love the fast and Furious movies they are they are just mwah, chef's kiss work it's, it's, of work.
2: they're their own cinematic universe right like yeah. they're, they they're just like it's not even a franchise anymore it's 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 a no, cinematic it's, universe it's, oh it,
1: it is th- it's the FCU, basically. The fast cinematic universe, definitely.
2: So there's like, again s- still hope that a dark universe... Because nobody said magic does not exist in the Fast and Furious universe.
0: <laughs> Dude, I seriously want to see them travel on Skull Island while Godzilla and Kong fight each other in their eventual sequel.
2: Oh my god. Which was did, supposed did to you... come out this year or next year, I guess. They have a race down... Which
0: one? The uh, spine Kong of... versus Godzilla.
2: That's I don't
0: think it was this year. It, I think it was supposed to be next year. I am,
2: though,
1: completely just because of everything that happened. I don't know what movie, what movies
0: are supposed to come this year, what's next year, what is now pushed, was year, last, was pushed. the year. The Godzilla movie was last year. So they're not going to do
2: it again. Oh, King of Monsters or King Kings of King of whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. King,
1: King of the Monsters.
2: Which <laughs> I heard was, yeah. like, pretty good. It was all right. I had...
1: I did not want to see it, mostly uh, it's because... A Memorial Day of next year, supposedly. Gotcha. I didn't want to see it because the trailer made me not want to, and not because, like, it wasn't cool to see the monsters. It was just, like, I'm like, how much blue and orange and brown can they put into this well, that... movie? Like, it was so... That Gross
0: first Godzilla sucked.
2: Like the one they, they also had to like Pransley. shoehorn Charles Dance into saying like he's yes. the king. Like, oh
0: my god. Poor Charles H- Dance. Hail to the king. And you're like, okay. Then it was like something about paying his debts. You're like, fuck off. I get it. We're time with <laughs> Lannister.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, Amazing. fam. So, that, thanks thanks so, so much. that concludes this episode. Alicia, where could people find you on the internet?
2: Um, I am, uh, excuse me. I'm on the, uh, the bird app, Twitter. Um, you can find me at Alicia Weinberg, drop the E-R. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Follow me for some, some, for some dank memes and, um, you know, bunch of horror retweets.
0: Dank and spicy. Yeah. Two words I always describe you as.
2: Yeah. As, as, as we describe Hannibal, you know, it's a, it's a a violent, sexy place, my Twitter feed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Al, <laughs> by the way, wearing a DuckTales t-shirt. We haven't talked about DuckTales yet. It's coming back to Disney XD this month. Very excited. OG, OG DuckTales right here. Not the Lin-Manuel Miranda gizmo duck.
1: No, but I mean, out of all of them, I would say that it's really just the, the, the design of the, the of Huey doing Louie has changed the most, right? Yeah, you like Scrooge kind of looks similar. Launch pad looks pretty similar, and then, uh, and then yeah, Gizmo Duck looks pretty similar. It's just that the faces of the ducks, they kind of change. Sorry, you can't really see it. Yeah. But, like, that's the old school ones. That's the only really big change in terms of uh, the uh, aesthetic. But, yeah, where can you find me on uh, on social media? At Al Manorino on Instagram, at Al Manorino on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just making salads and uh, trying to live uh, my life a quarter mile at a time. Or, as Bill said, a quarter parsec at a time.
0: I would, I, I, there was one thing, uh, and this is the end of the episode. So literally no one's going to listen to this part, but definitely not. Um, when we was talking about Bruce Springsteen earlier, one of my favorite photos that pop break has ever taken at a concert was Al's photo that he wasn't supposed to get, but he did. And they were cool with it. Of Bruce okay. Springsteen at see here now 2019. And to me, uh, I just want to just be a dad and be emotional for like a hot second here. And that's why it's the end of the podcast. No one gives a shit is, um, to me, that photo means so much because it, one, seeing Al's journey, Al's one of my best friends, so it's like seeing his journey as a photographer from literally shitting himself, walking into the Pine Belt Arena and Tom's River to film, shoot Panic! at the Disco, saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, because he was filling it at the last second for somebody, to seeing him take um, this amazing picture, one of the best pictures, one of the only few professional pictures of Bruce at the show, that the organizers of the festival were like, we fucking love this picture, um, and that came from a world-renowned photographer too. Um, so to me, like it, it looks about Al's journey, but it's also the journey of the site within Asbury Park, going from the smallest of shows to, you know, a, you know, shooting one of the all-time great musicians of all time. So um, that's why Spr- that picture of Springsteen will always be very near and dear to my heart, as we come up on the 11th anniversary of the site at the end of the month uh speaking of that site it's the pop of course uh it is the check us out every single day we got a lot of stuff on tv we're starting to ramp up on the movies toronto international film festival is starting and we are getting some screeners for that so we'll get some stuff on there we also have uh some music we have stuff in music uh obviously tons of podcasts comic books pro wrestling if you want to listen to the socially distance podcast give us a, a rate review subscribe give us a like give us a follow Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, same thing with our other feed, Pop Break TV, on those same platforms, and the winner still is our retrospective Oscar podcast, give us a listen over there. We are at popbreak.com on Twitter, which Alicia has done such a fantastic job curating over all these years. Uh, we have, we're have at the Pop Break on Instagram, and we are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Um, My name is Bill Bodkin, of course, you can follow me just basically talking about wrestling and probably bemoaning the Giants season as they got shellacked um, by the Steelers, unsurprising. Um, I'm at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. And of course, hey, if you listen this far, the world sucks right now. Do your part to make it a better place. Reach out to your friends, check in on them, support Black Lives Matter. Support Trans Lives. Support all the great charities out there. If you don't know what charities to support, check out the Pop Break Twitter feed. Alicia put up a ton of charities you could be checking out to help people out. And uh, Lord knows everyone needs help right now. Uh, take the time to take care of yourself. Check in on your friends. And let's make the world a better place. Don't forget to vote. So yeah, ramble as I do. This is Bill Bodkin for Al Manorino, Alicia Weinberger. Thanks for checking in on the 26th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast.